Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. If you have a bulletin, on the front of your bulletin is our passage, and it's from Psalm 18. I'll spare you all the numbers because we're going all over the place. So if you'd like to read along with me. Unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. Fools' words get them into constant quarrels. They are asking for a beating. The mouths of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. The first to speak in court sounds right until the cross-examination begins. Flipping a coin can end arguments. It settles disputes between powerful opponents. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Thank you, Lena. You may be seated. So uh, a while back, we decided to jump into what the Bible calls the books of wisdom. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm paid to study the Bible, and it is very daunting to me. Maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you look at that big old book that's in your grandmother's, you know, shelf, or maybe you look at that big old book that's at the front of the altar at church, and you think, man, that is big, and what does it have to do with me? But the book of the the Bible is broken down into littler books that kind of help you get in. And one of those books is Proverbs. It's called the Book of Wisdom. And like what we talk about here is we'd like to encourage you to, to have the Bible be part of your everyday life. You know, it's really important to have the Bible be a part of your everyday life. And one that I have found that's kind of helpful and simple is the book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. And there's typically 31 days in a month. So you just flip to that day and you read that chapter. So today uh, is August 28th. So if you were doing that, you just flip to uh, Proverbs 28 and read. Really quite simple. We've been taking one chapter a week, and it's crazy for me to think that we're now in week 18 of doing that, which just is crazy. There are other books of wisdom, uh, Ecclesiastes and, um, help me out, Job, and the book of Job. And uh, we covered those over the last uh, two years, maybe, uh, which is pretty cool. So, We are in Proverbs chapter 18 today, as you saw. This is called the book of wisdom, or one of the books of wisdom. Now, there are two words that Proverbs repeats more than any other word. Wisdom and fool. Fool is in the book of Proverbs a ton. So, today my sermon is an in-depth look at a fool. Yes, an in-depth look at me, a fool, you know. I am a good candidate for this. If you ask my wife, I do some foolish things. If you ask my children, they'll really tell you I do some foolish things, right? 
That's what I say. If you don't think you're foolish, ask your spouse. If you don't think you're foolish, listen to your children tell stories about you to somebody else. Oh, I guess I'm pretty foolish. So there are three uh, actual original words for fool that are used in Proverbs. But they're synonyms, meaning they all kind of pretty much mean the same thing. And here's what they mean. They mean someone who hates wisdom or knowledge or understanding of the truth. That's a fool. Someone who hates knowledge, who hates wisdom, who hates understanding, who hates the truth. Now, when you put it like that, I think, that's not me totally, right? I mean, I like to hear the truth. I like to hear uh, understanding. I, want, I like to understand things. I like to be in the know. But here's how I was really, really, um, what's the word? Come on, convicted as I was studying for my sermon this week. I'm a fool. A fool is also someone who ignores the truth, right? So ignorance, the word ignorance, the root word is ignore. Someone who is ignorant ignores the truth, ignores, and that's me. See, I turned 40 this spring. I know to some of you, it's like, well, that's nothing. And to other of you, like, holy cow, he's 40. It's big for me because I actually remember when my dad turned 40. I remember getting black balloons and doing the black cake and the over the hill. It was really funny to make fun of him. It's crazy how, like, that doesn't happen for 40-year-olds anymore. If you did that to a 40-year-old now, they'd be offended. <laughs> you know, what's that now, 60? I don't know. Something like that. And, um, but here's the thing. Here's where I'm ignorant. I ignore. So when I turned 40, the, the medical people in my life, my mother, some other people that are medical, said, you know, have you ever had any blood work done? Nope. Never done any blood work. You know, you're 40. You probably ought to do some blood work. Well, I turned 40 in May. And I was like, eh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But when I was studying this and I was talking to some friends, I actually had a family practice doctor who comes to our winter services at my house yesterday. And I just kind of was like, hey, you know, what do you think? You know, you're a family doctor. And he's like, you haven't done your blood work? Do your blood work, you know? And so... I'm, an, I'm ignorant. I'm ignoring. I'm happy with my ignorance, right? Ignorance is bliss. I kind of feel like what I don't know won't kill me. Er, wrong answer, right? It's, I, I love anyone who's over 40 because when I say I should do my blood work, everyone over 40 has shook their head yes in the audience. So I'm an ignorant. I'm, I'm a fool. So I, I, have, uh, I have the right to be preaching to you today about foolishness and a fool. A fool ignores the truth. But there are some other words in Proverbs for a fool. And I want to go through those because this is a fool explored. And you know what I was actually convicted of as I studied for this sermon? I was like, oh man, I'm ignorant. I ignore the truth. That's why I don't want to get my blood work done. By the way, it is in the calendar, and I actually got that robocall this morning from my doctor's office. I'm getting my blood work done on Tuesday. So next Sunday, I might be on pills. Woohoo! I will really be my dad. Is it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? I'm bringing this whole thing with me. I'm turning to my parents. Oh, boy. Anyway, there are some other words here for fool in the book of Proverbs. The first one, scoffer or mocker. We don't really use the word scoffer or mocker really anymore, but we sure do them. 
Let me give you an example of a scoffer, a marker. It is someone who says to their parent, teacher, coach, somebody that's in authority who is telling them something, I know, I know, blah, blah, blah. Now, we all kind of look at the children when I say that. <laughs> I'm with you, Michael. He's admitting, he's admitting. This is confession, right? We kind of look at the kids when I say this, scoffer, marker. But how about you? Hasn't our current news system made a living off of making scoffers and mockers? If all of a sudden scoffers and mockers went away, would some of these news people or Facebook even be a thing? Right? It's in us. It's in all of us. And it comes from arrogance. It comes from believing I know more or I know better than somebody else that's telling me what to do. That's a scoffer or a mocker. Whew, you know what the Bible says about God's feeling towards a scoffer and a mocker? It says this in Proverbs chapter 3. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked or the mocker, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks a proud mocker and shows favor to the humbled and the oppressed. Boy. God doesn't really like a scoffer or a mocker. And I have to admit, I have definitely looked up at heaven and said, I know, I know, blah, blah, blah. Remember I told you that this is our father that set this table? It's all fun and games while we're up here on Loon Mountain and looking in the Pemajawasset wilderness and we rode to church on a gondola. Woohoo! But what about in the middle of you know, you're weak when the person at work is driving you crazy or your children are just driving you crazy or the bills are piling up, you know? We got to be careful because scoffer and mocker are in all of us. The next one, a sluggard, sloth, or a person who is lazy. This is also a fool in Proverbs. This is the person, and I told you, I'm relating with every single one of these. This is the person that lets themselves go. I have a tendency to do that. I'm a Mainer. I'm from Western Maine. God bless people from Western Maine. I love them. But I had a friend from Southern New Hampshire last week driving with me around Western Maine. And his comment was, do they not sell paint in this part of the United States? And I thought, he's talking about me and my people because there's nothing that I like worse or there's nothing that I do not like as much as coming home from work and working on my house. I don't like that. Letting yourself go. Proverbs 24 says, I went past the field of the lazy person, of the sluggard, of the sloth, past some of their vineyards. I went past some, some of their vineyards and their farms. Thorns grew up everywhere. The ground was covered in weeds, and the stone wall was tipped over in ruins. I don't know about you, but when I'm lazy, when I'm a sluggard, when I'm a sloth, I always give myself an out. That is a characteristic 
of my laziness and the characteristic of all of our laziness. I'll do it tomorrow. Ah, winter's not here for another three months. You know, oh, I only get to have vacation. I only get a day off once in a while, you know. Do you relate with the sluggard, the sloth, or laziness? I do. This next one's interesting. The next one says, someone who has no sense, or the same word is actually for no heart in the Hebrew language. No sense and no heart are the same word. And it's interesting because you can take it two ways. Because someone who has no sense is silly. They're just silly, right? They never are serious. They never will take anything serious. I have a tendency to be like that. Is anyone else like me where you're a comedian and when things get serious or things get nerve-wracking or things get tense, you tend to crack jokes? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, you too. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. Amen. Amen. I see that hand. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'm that way too. And it's a gift. Sometimes when you crack a joke at the right time, it's really good. But other times you crack a joke at the wrong time, it's really not good. You know? And that's sometimes someone who has no sense. No sense of social awareness. No sense of awareness of themselves. No sense of awareness of God. The next one is really scary. No heart. This is the person who is capable of atrocities. This is the person who is capable of great evil. Sadly, in our military, there are a lot of individuals that get to this place where they have no heart, meaning they have somehow shut their conscience off. And you've seen that not in just our military, but maybe in our families or in our home. There's a lot of New Englanders that are like this. Anyone part of a family who has a family member or someone who hasn't talked to you or talked to people or you haven't talked to someone 10, 5, 15, 20, 30 years? That's, that's, that's the element of having no heart. That's the element of reaching in somewhere and hitting a switch, a breaker, something that, boom, shuts that down. And we as New Englanders are great at it. And that's scary. And we all are capable of doing it. Maybe it's great anger that has caused you to reach in there and shut that switch. Maybe it's great sadness. Great sadness has made you reach in and shut that switch off. Maybe it's suffering and pain. Maybe it's disbelief or fear or anxiety. Maybe it's just a feeling of being wronged. You were wrong. Unforgiveness. You know, I've heard it said about unforgiveness that when you actually truly believe in unforgiveness, when you hold on for un unforgiveness because you're just so angry at that person, it's like drinking poison hoping someone else dies. Let me say that again. When we do not forgive, it's like drinking poison hoping somebody else dies. That's how serious holding unforgiveness is in our life. It's scary when we get there. Romans chapter 1 says that the Lord will call on you to give up your anger, 
to give up your sadness, to give up your, your frustration, to give up that feeling of being wronged or the unforgiveness for so long. The book of Romans chapter 1 is scary. It says, and then at some point in time, our father says, okay. Have you ever had a father say that to you? Okay. You want to do it? You've been bugging me forever to do it. You're going to do it anyway. I will let you go and do it. That's what our father does, our heavenly father. Romans chapter 1 says he turns us over to the depravity of our own mind. And that's exactly what it is. It literally says he turns us over to the depravity of our own mind. And if you don't think you have a depraved mind, ask your spouse. I love it when I say that phrase because people look at each other. <laughs> I, I don't know where my spouse is. She's short, so I can't see her. It's great. You know what, babe? I didn't have this uh, verse in here, but you know, there's another verse in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1 that I, not verse 1, chapter 18. It's down there in a ways. I got to call it out. It says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And I found a good thing in Minnesota. My wife is from Minnesota. She's awesome. Sorry, I had to embarrass you, babe. Proverbs chapter 18. But I'm going to end on this one. Maybe you related to me as a fool and you ignore the truth and you're ignoring what your doctor tells you or ignoring what your spouse tells you or ignoring what the Bible tells you. Maybe you're a scoffer or a mocker and you say, I don't, I don't believe in you, God. You're, I'm not going to follow your rules. Blah, blah, blah. I know better than you, God. Maybe you're a sluggard or a sloth or someone lazy. You've letting yourself go. Maybe you're someone who is silly and has no sense and likes to crack jokes at inappropriate times. Maybe you're someone who's been hurt so bad or you have so much anger that you've lost your sense of heart and you've slipped, flipped off a switch. Maybe one of these are you. But I'm going to end on what I think is the worst one at all, of all. And it is in chat, uh, verse 1 of 18. And it says this. Unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Now that's the NLT version. And it says this. It says selfish people, selfish people care only about themselves. They don't think with common sense. Now you would think, well, okay, what are you talking about, Marcus? Here's what I think. I think I, I think America, I think the American church has mastered the art of what I call polite narcissism. Let me say that again. I believe me, I believe Americans, and I believe the American church has mastered the art of being polite while completely being narcissistic. Meaning this. I will be sweet while I do what I want. And this is the worst kind of mocker. This is the worst kind of scoffer. The Bible talks about it. That you and I want everyone to think that we're generous or we're kind or we're good or we're sweet. But the whole while, the whole while, we're doing what we want. I watched this uh, kid um, who was very picky in their eating um, not eat any of my wife's food one time. And, and, the, and the kid kept saying, because he was raised, you know, polite, kept saying, thank you, Mrs. Corey. Thank you for the meal, Mrs. Corey. That was a good meal, Mrs. Corey. But the whole time, not eating it, throwing it in the trash. And finally, my wife goes, stop saying thank you, Mrs. Corey. Good meal, Mrs. Corey. I like that, Mrs. Corey. And then throwing it in the trash. Just, I would rather you say, I don't like this. 
And I thought to myself, what, it's just kind of foolish, but it was such a good picture for me that whether it's my ministry or it's the perfect home we're trying to put out with our children or it's the perfect life we're trying to live on social media or it's how we present ourselves in public all dressed properly and looking like we have it together. But yet we're doing exactly what we want. And so this politeness of America is almost like this magic trick where, hey, I want you to pay attention to my polite hand so that you don't pay attention to my selfish hand. Man, I think me and America and the church in America are super guilty of that. Would you please look at my polite hand, my moral hand, so that you don't see what my selfish hand is doing. What a masterful trick. Well, guess what? God's like your mom. You don't trick him. You can't trick God. And he's very serious about people that are two-faced. He's very serious about people that are hypocritical. And he starts with the church. He starts with me, the people that stand in front of the church. But what I love about our God, it is not his punishment or his wrath that lead us to repentance. The Bible is clear. It is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And I was telling my friends about my ignorance of this whole health thing and my ignorance on this whole doctor thing. I was reading in 1 Corinthians the other day, and it says that, it says that the body is made for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And he who unites his body to the Lord is spiritually connected to the Lord. And I just laid there in my bed and I kind of, I don't know if you've had this epiphany or you've had this moment where you're like, oh my word, I'm 40. I've made a lot of bad decisions on what I've eaten. I exercise when it's fun, you know, not when it's inconvenient. And I've made a lot of bad decisions with my body. But I felt the kindness of my father say, hey, this is the gospel, Marcus. That my gift of salvation, my gift of grace, my gift of forgiveness is for you. It's for you, Marcus. You mess up, you fool, you sluggard, you sloth, you mocker, you scoffer, you politely narcissistic man. I love you. And it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And so that's what we would hope that you would get from the uh, Proverbs chapter 18. We'd hope that's what you'd get from hanging out at your father's table. It's hard to look in the mirror. It's hard to be around a holy father, a perfect father. That's hard. But it's not his holiness that causes us to come to repentance. It's his kindness. His holiness points it out. It's like, oh, there's my fault. But it's his kindness that allows us to approach him. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're approachable, that we can come to you in faith. And that by grace we can be saved. We thank you for this space and this time up here on top of the mountain. We thank you for your love and your kindness and your grace. We thank you for your word of your God. We thank you that you even redeem our ignorance, our ignoring the truth. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your kindness and your love. Thank you for Loon Mountain, God, and letting us do this. Bless them. May they know that you are real, that you love them from our presence being here. Bless the folks that work here and the powers that be. Thank you for the many ski resort ministries that are gathering out there today. And um, we're just so thankful, God, that we get to lift your name up on a mountain and that you said if we were faithful at lifting your name up, that you would draw all humankind to yourself. And that's our goal. It's your name we pray. Amen. 
Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.